This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. All right, guys, Halloween is coming up. I hope you're getting your costumes ready, but this interview is not going to scare you. That's because you heard from ZV Band yesterday, and he walked through how Contactually raised over a million bucks with thousands of paying customers. All right, Top Tribe, good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you've started your jog or you're driving to work, and you are going to love our guest today. His name is Hollis Carter, and let me tell you, this guy was born with the entrepreneurial bug. He started his first business before he could drive, and listen, his formal education was compromised of a bachelor's degree in professional sales and marketing, accompanied by a three-month course spent in the wilderness mastering the pillars of leadership. Now he spends most of his time growing the club community, working on his baby bathwater event series and just helping curate top minds and getting them together. So Hollis, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, absolutely. Pumped to be here. Let's do it, brother. So listen, people are always asking me, Nathan, I want to either be in a mastermind or I want to start my own. And you know, masterminds, usually they're really bad. I mean, they're just really, really bad. You and Michael Lovich, I think have done a great job with baby bathwater event. Walk me through the one thing that you'd credit the success of your masterminds too. Absolutely. And it, it comes up every single time we find ourselves getting that kind of entrepreneurial distraction with this thing as it grows and everyone wants to put input on what could be better. And it comes back to the people are the product. And that's not just really the speaker piece of it. That is every single person matching common threads. When we come back, there's just this way you know that people have a similar foundation. And we have been very clear that there's a lot of different types of successful people out there. They have different ways of approaching it from your bootstrap strap guy to your fully funded and backed person to everything in between and making sure that they're all holding a common thread so they can have very efficient conversations no matter who you sit next to at dinner or what conversation you're into. It really is as simple as the people are the product. And then I would say on top of that is just take a look at what people actually enjoy and puts them in kind of that peak performance where your mind, your body, everything is performing really well. It comes down to the environment you're in, the food you're eating, and the schedule you're keeping and making sure that you're around good people and you feel good while you're around good people. Well, there you go. So walk me through it. I just went to one of your events on in Powder, is it on or in Powder Mountain in Utah? We'll call it in. We'll call it in. There we go. In Powder Mountain, Utah. Walk us through. You had about, what, like 50, 60 people there or were there more? There was 110. Okay, 110. There, see, you do a great job of making it feel really small. So walk us through why you're doing this. You could be doing a million things with your life. Why harass people trying to convince people to come to the event and enjoy it? And like, why spend your time doing that instead of just building a business? Well, it actually came as a conclusion of Michael and I, to be perfectly honest, wanting to share a credit card when we went out to dinner. We wanted to have a business together because we always just brainstorming had separate businesses for, we've probably been this months. And so, Hollis, I want you to back up because we're getting a little bit of an audio blip real quick. So while you're pl either plugging in your Ethernet, I want to just re-articulate. Guys, the event that Hollis and Mike Lovich put on, it's really, really top-notch. I went to it. It was great. So my question was, Hollis, really dive in. Help me understand why focus your time on putting together events instead of just building one of these great companies you're working on. 
Yeah, that's a, a very perfect question that we had to ask ourselves that led us to this. So Michael Lovich, my partner, me and him had been both building separate direct response internet marketing companies for about 13 years. We went to every show together and we realized that most of the massive success that came online with these businesses happened from being offline, from being at the conferences and making one or two key relationships every single month at these shows. Well, what happened is we got kind of tired of that. We wanted to go to a better show. We couldn't find a better show, so we decided to create one. And we literally took a hiatus for about eight months from going to any other shows to lay down the model for this. And it's purely and simply an investment in our community. You know, it's not a business we're creating to make massive amount of cash flow. It's knowing that that happens when you have a very strong community around us. And we wanted to invest in it directly by putting our efforts into to building a business around doing exactly that. So what does that look like? Again, let's go back to the Powder Mountain trip you just did. You had 110 people there. What did people pay on average each person? So the lowest ticket price was probably around $3,000 for a speaker to come. Okay, got it. Got it. And what was the highest for like just an attendee? And then our retail, any of the attendees pay about $5,000. Okay, so is it fair to say that you guys did about three hundred thirty grand on the low side, top line revenue from that event? Yeah, super conservative. I would say that would be that would be that. And then you have a unique relationship with the folks behind the Summit Series. They, I, I assume, one of your big costs is renting the facilities. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's what I consider one of our competitive advantages is we have this amazing canvas to paint on, but it's uh, obviously not a very cheap canvas to paint on. But when that Powder Mountain Summit Series thing happened, um, I was lucky enough to be in there as one of the original founding investors. And part of the opportunity I saw is as this expanded, I wanted to be able to do at least two shows a year there and use those spaces that just provide that kind of abundant mentality and, and everything that we can paint upon that, that takes care of a lot of it. So did you negotiate early on with Elliot and said, listen, if I'm going to put down a million bucks for one of these pieces of land on this undeveloped mountain, I want to be able to use the facilities at a great rate two times a year. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't, it was, it was was very similar to that though. And that's, that's something that I envision as this town grows and all these things grow, our event can grow simultaneously with it. And it's a very big win-win, you know, that whole thing is being built by a constant flow of events and people coming out but it's going to be the events in the crowd that is attracted by that group. What's going to really add value to the town as it grows is having multiple different folks like ourselves putting different groups together and bringing them and exposing them to what we're actually building there. So walk me through on a $300,000, again, minimum event. What, what, you know, your biggest expense obviously was Powder Mountain Lodging on that. What did you and Lovich, what what are you able to clear on a $330,000 event? What's profit? Well, um, be perfect guns, it's almost all reinvested. We pay ourselves to give ourselves the focus of that, but everything actually stays back. Luckily, we are in a very nice position where we have other cash flow and other businesses going, that it's going back into it. This next time we're upgrading quite a few things and it's going back. So the word profit in this startup phase, it doesn't really even exist. It's how much can we reinvest? And we're dedicated to doing that for two years. And then we'd like to see it be something that can provide a nice lifestyle and see that community build some back ends. But honestly, right now it's, it's purely forward facing. So help me understand one of the things, and we chatted privately about this when we talked about the event, you know, some people, you know, you meet them online, you think they're great for, for the event, they come and they're a total flop. They just like, it's clear they don't fit in. How do you tell people no, especially if they've already gone to one event? 
Right. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, that's where Michael has some of the best skills I've ever seen at just being so direct and on point with someone and saying, Hey, I see you just sitting here on your laptop the whole time. And you know, you paid to be here and and this is people giving uh, you need to, you need to jump in the game. And generally there's a warning, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of a first warning. And then if they've already been and they want to come back, we just kind of believe in transparency. And the easiest thing that's happening for us now that we have a waiting list larger than the amount of people we want to take is that we're going to always have half new people. How big is the waiting? How many people are on the waiting list? So there's probably about 200 people um, on the waiting list, but those are 200 people who've all been exposed in person at least once. Oh, got it. So the shift that we've made since this last one is we're actually going to take it down from 110 to to 100 to keep it really intimate. But we always want to have half returning people and half new people. So that makes it a very logical thing that it's not just on personality and it's not because we don't like this person. It makes the conversation a little easier and also shows the kind of commitment to building a a very powerful community of people who are interacting. Well, you know, it's tricky. You know, in episode number 67, I spoke with Sean Gallagher that's built the brotherhood and, you know, he articulated that they've kicked well over 150 people out of the mastermind. And even with uh, Jason Gaynor, who we spoke with in episode number 58, he's, you know, clearing a million bucks per event, charging, you know, six grand a seat, and he's really crushing it. And one of the things that always comes up is when you have four, you know, when you have events where you charge, the natural tendency of the organizer is to get more people there to make more money. And it's very difficult. You know, for me as an attendee, I want less people there who are way higher qualified. So I don't have to do as much networking work when I'm there. Yeah, I mean, that's actually a really good point of a goal we're moving towards. We would like to not have to charge for this. Now, we don't know exactly what that looks like. Now, back ends are appearing out of this, um, which are really, really cool. But ideally, we would like to keep it around two a year at 100 people that's constantly fluctuating with some new blood coming in. But we could get it to the point where we have back ends and other things that exist so that we don't have to do that. And then we can get even higher quality levels. We don't have to come over that emotional objection of people paying to go to something because it's the same conversation for us every time. It's always people who get paid to speak who want to come. And I have to let them know that's the exact conversation I just had with the other 20 people who are coming. Mm-hmm. And you got to see the value of being in a group of people who normally all get paid to come. So you don't pay speakers? Uh, no, speakers actually all pay to come. Got it. Got it. Great. And walk me through the one I went to. How many, how many events have you guys done in total? So that was the second official event. We did one other one, which was kind of the cause of a lot of this happening. There was an event that happened here in Boulder. It was a very large event. And um, we helped the organizer of that bring some people in. And then the event kind of took a turn for not what we wanted it to be. And to kind of build our relationship and show our gratitude for the people who came, we ended up running a, uh, a small hotel restaurant in this little mining town outside of Boulder and dumped everybody <laughs> on a van and took them out of the event and hosted them for the weekend. And that was sort of the birth of the whole thing. They're like, well, wow, you, you guys picked the right people, the, the food, everything was right. And we want to do more of this. And that was sort of the birth of it all. Action takers. I got to tell you, I've never eaten so much paleo food in one week. I almost got addicted. I loved it. The food was oh, the food yeah, was incredible. The people were great. Okay, Top Tribe, I want to give you more brain juice this month, totally free. If you're loving this episode, text the word Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, to 33444 for your chance to win a prize on an upcoming show. The next prize is a pack of 14 business books valued at 250 bucks if you bought them on Amazon. And these books are the ones that Mark Zuckerberg thinks every entrepreneur must read. So Hollis, my heart is beating. We are getting to my favorite part of the show. Do you know what's next? Hit me. Dude, time for the famous five. Are you ready? All right. All right, number one, brother. What is your favorite business book? 
Favorite business book is probably going to be The Narrow Road by Felix Dennis. Okay, number two, which CEO are you following or studying right now? CEO am I following or studying right now? I'd say I'm collectively sort of watching things that I'm actually have intimate involvement in for how they carry themselves as a, as a person. Um, and that's going to be actually the summit core team as you're handling these massive new things that are coming every day and how to navigate it. And then there's a, a small core outdoor brand here where just the way the CEO of the business carries himself with Mountain Standard, it's, it's just something like I've never seen and the way to take care of himself and his team and, and building culture there. So guys, if you're wondering what Haas is talking about when he says the summit and all this stuff, go to nathanlacka.com forward slash the top six nine. Those are the show notes. I'll link to the summit series and the summit guys. The story is incredible. You'll learn about Hollis there as well. And I'll link to his favorite book and everything else in those show notes. So Hollis, question number three, what is your favorite online tool? My favorite online tool right now is going to be Voxer. I've been using Voxer to actually, after our event, I got really inspired about getting off of my personal email. And I now have an assistant that monitors all my personal email. And she sends me a quick little bullet point thing and I just walkie talkie it back to her on my phone. And so other than things that are absolutely necessary, I've kind of taken a hiatus from tapping on a laptop uh, keyboard and just speaking into my phone and it's freed up a lot of space and I've found that I can articulate all of this stuff a lot better. I love that. I love that. Now, Hollis, you seem like a pretty balanced guy. You know, we have some people on here who sleep like not at all. I mean, they're going to die by the time they're like 40. But -hmm. somebody like you, it sounds you're going on adventures. I want to know, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night while you're building this empire? I would say that I probably average that without a doubt. Um, now I have a pretty interesting way of approaching that, but you know, there was a shift that happened about five years ago. We, we built this software company with my roommate in college and we sold it and we did that by staying up all night, waking up early and just grinding it out. I wanted to make a move towards the smarter, not harder and I needed to just because I, you know, I'm only 30 now, but I would like to live forever and, um, development of a really clean morning routine and getting a lot of sleep. So, you know, we have two day consulting sessions and we're very social people. We're always out and about. Um, Sunday is my day of zero electronics and I try not to elevate my heart rate outside of a little morning exercise and just gain a lot of sleep. And my Sunday nights, I usually sleep about 10 hours. Got it. So you use the Sunday to really recharge completely recharged, but I'd say average, you know, between six to eight hours of sleep every night. There you go. Okay. Take us back 10 years, Hollis. If you wish your 20 year old self knew one thing, what would it be? Morning routine, hands down. Morning, morning routine. Walk us through the first three things you do every morning. Uh, first thing I do every morning is I have, I have athletic greens, collagen and, uh, my fish oil. And then I generally meditate for about 20 minutes. And then I love habits, but not necessarily routine. So I always go do something physical outside and it, it ranges from skiing to mountain biking to hiking. I try to mix those up quite a bit. Um, today it was a little rainy. I went to yoga instead, but something to get that activated, get that brain formed before I touch my email and get reactive to the world. I want to you know, kind of have own my own power before I get into it. And I actually mention this all the time. Like if I would have known this when I was 20 launching this business out of my college dorm room, <laughs> oh my gosh, we could have avoided a lot of problems. So own your own power. I love that. Yeah. Hollis, people are going to want to follow you online. And if they want to do that, where can they go? Where can they go? Where can they follow you? 
Yeah, just hollisCarter.com. People can reach out, send an email there, get on that list. And uh, yeah, Instagram is the other side of my life. I don't really post business stuff there as much as just the fun adventure things that I actually do all this business stuff for so that I can do that as the, kind of the lighter side. Well, and that is quite an Instagram feed to follow from cliff jumping to crazy mountain adventures. It really is a fun Instagram feed. Hollis, look, from from your first event on a, in a small mining town outside of Boulder to over 100 t- attendees paying five grand each you're crushing it thank you for taking us to the top no problem Coming up tomorrow, I talk to successful angel investor Armando Biondi. He's built on top of Facebook, literally, with a $100 customer ARPU, a $1,000 one-year lifetime value, and he's doing $1.8 million in an annual run rate. You don't want to miss it. Okay, Top Tribe, I am pouring my heart and soul into this podcast for you. Would you help me out by subscribing on iTunes? If you're listening on your Apple phone, hit the purple arrow in the upper left of your screen and you'll see the word subscribe in purple, all capital letters. Click that subscribe button if you want me to keep doing shows and I will see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m.